What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fitness Oracle. Um, it's me again, John. And today we have a very, uh, very interesting guest, uh, Robert Malatesta from Health Fitness Toronto, specializes uh, in strength and conditioning, his strengthening and conditioning his clients as he's a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and he's been at it for the last 21 years. Uh, he is based out of Toronto, my old hometown. Uh, so it's, uh, it was nice. That I think that was the last interview. No, that was the second last interview I did in Toronto. Um, it was recorded back in January. So um, back in my old office, and I'm in my new uh, temporary office space here. Um, but we talked a lot about, um, you know, goal setting, uh, building self-confidence and worth, overcoming fear, inner drive and ego. Um, it's a re it's a really good uh, in-depth interview that we had, a really good discussion that we have. And I really do hope that you enjoy it. Uh, without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people, just like you, with real stories, just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Robert Malatesta from Healthy Fitness Toronto. Robert is a strength and conditioning coach with 21 years of experience in the fitness industry. His company, Health Fitness Toronto, is an in-home personal training service that has been operating since 2008. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's Health Fitness Toronto, not Healthy Fitness Toronto. <laughs> My apologies. Health no Fitness worries. Toronto. My apologies. No worries. I got your name right though, right? You did. You pronounced it almost like an Italian. That's awesome. That's awesome. But we're, I, we're, Latin, we're similar, right? We got a similar way of pronouncing things. So. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Um, so how has the recent mandates here in Toronto been affecting you? How, how have you been doing? Oh, man. From a fitness perspective, I'd say uh, it's been not ideal, to put it mildly. I mean, obviously, there's a setback in terms of uh, finding clients and or even getting clients agreeable to, to having them come into, your, into their space, having me coming into their space, you know, with all the uh, restrictions and whatnot. So it's it's kind of tough because of what I do. The nature of my business is very, you know, hands-on where I'm there and I'm, you know, manipulating the client, so to speak, to do stretches and, and certain movements or just spot exercises. So it's a little bit challenging to do that when there's obviously space restrictions, right? You have to maintain a certain distance. Yeah, I know it's, um, it, it's, presented different challenges for different people and different opportunities in the same way, in the same breath. Um, what got you into personal training? Well, I mean, it was something I always enjoyed, like going back to high school. I was, I was one of those guys that would go to the gym. We had a little gym in our high school uh, and it wasn't terribly busy, surprisingly enough. Uh, and anyway, so at that time I was like, well, what do I want to do with myself? And I had a couple of ideas, but 
we had a course in, in our final uh, high school year for kinesiology, which is what I ended up pursuing. And then I liked it a lot. And I thought, this is something I enjoy. I love science. Uh, but I wanted to do something practical. Like I, I would have loved to work for like National Geographic or something like that, you know. But the prospects were not very good. <laughs> like, what are the odds I'm going to get hired by a company like that? So I just thought to myself, realistically, you know, people need to get in better shape. They feel good about themselves if they do. I have an opportunity to help that happen. So this is a, a go-to for me. And then I studied it in university. I got a degree in it. Uh, and, and the rest is history. Um, you practice martial arts. Am I correct on that? I think I remember from our call before you practice. Very, that. very briefly. I, I have a little bit of a background, but I wouldn't say it's like ultra extent. Yours is probably more than mine, but a little bit. <laughs> How has that affected your training style? Uh, I mean, there's, there's elements of, I, I mean, it's all, it all ties in, but in terms of like, for example, the mindset part, like men, maintaining a certain mentality when you train. And, and, and that's probably something that doesn't get emphasized enough by fitness professionals is channeling your energy, so to speak, in the appropriate way, right? Because if your mind energy is off, if your focus is off, if you're uh, not relaxed, for example, when you're working out, you're, you're a lot more liable to injure yourself for one, right? And also that commitment, that dedication that you want to have that gets you to go back, right? Even on a day where you're kind of tired and you're back from work, you're like, well, I don't really feel like working out. But you have to overcome that, right? Because your brain is going to present you with a bunch of excuses every day as to why you shouldn't do what you really should be doing. And sometimes it's not pleasant, but I think, I think I'm kind of at a stage in my life where it's like I've adopted the survival mode. And by, by that, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of things that we need to do in life in order to be successful are not necessarily pleasant. But if you have that survival mode mindset where you're like, like a lion that that's has to hunt, right? A lion, let's say he's hungry. It's been three days since he's had his, his last meal. He might be worried about getting kicked in the head by a zebra. And he's like, well, I, I don't really feel like fighting a zebra today, but he doesn't have a choice, right? He either goes out, he does it or he starves, right? I think in life, life, unfortunately, there's, there's survival elements to it that are like that. And sometimes you have to push yourself past a certain comfort zone in order to get certain things accomplished that otherwise would not happen. And I, I, I have that mindset. I think martial arts has taught me that to a certain extent. I try to impart that to my clients. Not everyone has that mentality, but you want to push people a little bit, you know, prod them, I should say, gently in that direction. And over time, you hope that they adopt it for themselves. It almost sounds like um, you're, you're, you're keeping people on, their, on what their actual goal really is right? Um, how, how, and a big part of what you and I do as personal trainers is help people identify, you know, what is your goal? And everybody has their own specific way of setting goals for their clients. What's your specific way? Every client's different. So it's hard to just, there's no one uh, mold that fits everybody, right? So for example, I've worked with, with uh, amateur bodybuilders. I've worked with amateur athletes a lot of them tend to be very self-motivated once they're at that level. So they don't need as much push. Uh, it's more uh, just kind of having that person there, you know, like, like a coach, like a baseball coach. And I have a, a good background in baseball. You might say, well, why would a really, really good hitter need a coach, right? Like we're talking top level hitters. Uh, and the, the reason is that even the best players, they're going to make little mistakes here and there. And sometimes just having that presence, that kind of like a father figure, 
somebody who's been in the game, usually it's an older guy who's, who's been there, who's done it. And you have that person overlooking whatever it is that you're doing, you're hitting drills and whatnot, reinforces it in your mind on a psychological level that goes above and beyond simply the, the physical repetitions. And, and, and training, it's something along those lines with some clients. But then with beginners, it's, it's different. You actually have to hold their hand. And, uh, and so, and there's many levels between that, right? Intermediates and whatnot. So I, I would say that there's no set mold, but you're basically going in there and you have a game plan. And once you get to know your client a little bit better, the game plan becomes better established. And then you try to work within that framework. And sometimes you make adaptations depending on the goals changing or the needs changing. It's, it's, it's interesting because um, even with the beginners, especially with the beginners and the intermediate people, um, you see this in the gym setting all the time, especially this time of year. You see all the New Year's, re New Year's resolutioners fall right off the cliff. How do you help your clients that are having a problem sticking to their goal, sticking to their, their why? How do you help them stick to it? I think a lot of the time it's, it's helping them to see the potential long-term benefits of what they're doing, right? Because a lot of things, somebody won't do it unless they recognize how good it is. Like taking vitamins every day. I, I'm a vitamin fanatic. And sometimes just taking those vitamins is a pain in the butt, right? Because you're like, oh, I got to swallow like, you know, 15 to 20 pills every day or whatever it is, or even mixing up my protein shakes. I mean, it's time consuming. But when you have the mentality, you're like, I know, I can see kind of with my mind's eye what I'm trying to accomplish physically or even how I feel and whatnot, right? And so you do it anyways. You do it because you can see the benefit in advance. And, and, and I think with a client, you want to impart that to them. You know, if it's a young guy, you're like, hey, you know what? You're going to have a better beach body, for example. You're going to get more attention. You're going to get less rejection, you know, when you talk to a girl. You know, like there's different aspects to it. And you have to know your client, right? That might not work with a a married guy in his fifties, right? But depending on the individual or even with the ladies, right? I, I work with both genders. You have to know what it is that they're looking for, what their mandate is, and then work within that. Reinforce in their mind that they're going in that direction. But if they back down, if they slack off, then they're not going to achieve what they want. Are you a fan? Are you a fan of prepping? Like uh, meal it, prepping, it, getting all I that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I would say, again, it depends on the individual. I, I personally don't prep that much. I'm very spontaneous. So, you know, I don't know how, what I'm going to feel like eating on a certain day. And, you know, I just, just I kind of like go with the flow kind of thing. But there are some people that require that degree of structure. And again, it's knowing your client. So I kind of get a vibe for the client. You know, usually you don't within a first couple of weeks and whatnot, if it's a client that sticks around. And then you recognize what works for them right? Do they need that degree of structure? Because not everyone is that organized. Some people are like accountants, like everything has to have like its place, right? Like at this time of day, whatever, they wake up the same time every day. I don't necessarily do that myself. I'll stay up late on a Saturday night. Like this morning I woke up, it was past 1030. Now I don't normally do that. I didn't have to do anything today. And usually I wake up at five or 530 in the morning. So, I mean, if I could not do that on a certain day, right? Uh, but everyone's different. And some people require that structure every single day. They're up at a certain time and every night they go to bed at a certain time. I'm the same way. It's um, most days I'm up at 5 a.m. And it's like on the weekends, 
Yeah, I allow myself to sleep in. It's my reward. Um, you said something kind of important that I wanted to, that I wanted to expand a little bit more on. Um, about I call them cookie cutter workout programs. Ah. You know the uh, you know lose weight in thirty days kind of program that works for everybody. They're, they're terrible. They're terrible. Like. I'll tell you this, whenever somebody tries to cut corners to save money, you get what you pay for. And usually people, they go for that approach, like they'll do an online plan or something like that. And it's designed like generically and whatnot. You, what kind of results are you going to get? Everybody's different. Everyone has a different body, a different metabolism. Uh, there's so many elements and so many variables. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense to follow a generic plan, Right. That one of the things I pride myself as a client, or sorry, as a trainer, I, I assess each client. They all do an individual assessment. And in that assessment, we look at everything. We look at their history, if they've had significant injuries that could impact what they do, uh, their diet, if they have certain restrictions in their diet, uh, you know, allergies, everything, right? Like to foods and stuff. Because at the end of the day, little things that, that hold you back, right? Like if you have a setback in a smallest thing, it, it, it could be monumental to your training. At the very least, you're, you're spinning your wheels. And in worst case scenarios, you get hurt and then you're set back for months. So I have to look at all those things. I mean, obviously you don't train a, a young a male bodybuilder the same way as you would train a senior guy who has joint issues and maybe heart problems and arthritic conditions that are starting to set in. So you have to look at all of that and you have to tailor each workout and each training regime very specifically to the type of client you're working with yeah uh, I, to a degree i agree with you um only reason why is because i have a couple of cookie cutter programs in my in my toolkit it's like oh you fit this here do that but it's um i'm trying to fix that because i agree with you i agree that you know every client is different every human is different and we need to be able to um as trainers really tailor the workout program specifically to the individual and uh, a couple of my programs are in are pulled off the shelf so i could see how i could fix that but um you have a very interesting thing that you actually answered with one of the questions that i asked you before we got on the show and uh, building self-confidence and self-worth what's the difference I mean, self-confidence and self-worth are two different things, like you said, right? So self-worth is kind of seeing your value in, 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 your, in, in whatever place you hold in society. Self-confidence is feeling that you have the ability to go up against an obstacle and you can overcome that obstacle successfully. You're confident in your own ability. You might have self-worth. You feel you're important, but you lack confidence, right? Like you, you feel like, oh, you know, I'm an important uh, part of society, but uh, I'm shy, for example, if a guy has that issue, I struggle to, to communicate, to get over my reservations and whatnot, or my inhibitions. So that's something that needs to be developed with time. And again, I think, I, I've, I said this actually in a recent, like there was this discussion, an online discussion that I kind of interjected in. And I see a lot of people these days struggle with, with both self-worth and self-confidence. I think a lot of it stems with the fact that people are very, uh, in tune or very they, they put un, 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 undue emphasis on what other people think and i don't think that that's necessarily completely wrong like we shouldn't be totally callous to other people's ideas and opinions 
But I think that uh, you, most people are not as concerned about what you're doing in your day-to-day life as a lot of people think. It's not like they're, they're taking any one individual and just totally like analyzing them and they're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, they, they didn't match their tie to their shoelaces or whatever, right? Generally speaking, most people are just out there trying to get by, especially these days, right? They're just trying to survive. So what you say and how you say it, it's important, but you shouldn't lose sleep over it, right? Like you should, you should be concerned about your, your own uh, goals and what you're trying to achieve in life. And as long as you're improving every single day, if there's critics out there, there will always be critics. And, and, and by the way, I'll add a, a PS to that. If you're trying to impress everybody and keep everybody happy, you're doing it wrong because everybody has different opinions, different values. You have to stick to your own value system, your own belief system, and, and not deviate from that. The people that are against you are going to be against you anyways. Like if you, you can't deny who you really are. If you try to do it, you're going to be miserable. If you speak truthfully about who you are, you're going to offend some people who don't agree with your way of thinking. And that's fine, right? That's fine. But by being yourself, by, by projecting your true values to the world, at least you're going to attract who you really want into your inner circle. And who cares about those other, right? Like, it's not like you're trying to be, right, a bad person, but you, your job is not to please the world, right? It's impossible. There, no politician has ever achieved that. Nobody's ever done that because everyone's on a completely different uh, wavelength, right? Like, your job is just to go out there, project your own truth, and then draw those people that are attracted to your way of thinking into your circle. Absolutely. Um, trying to find your tribe. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, trying, once you find your tribe, uh, you, you start to build that confidence and that self-worth. I'm going to deviate a little bit because I want to, I want to dig deep, deeper into this tribe mentality. Um, a lot of guys out there, specifically guys, we have this concept of the lone wolf syndrome where I am the answer to everything. I, I have to have the answer to everything. How do you break that kind of cycle for a man who is in that situation has always been reliant to be in that situation and show him the the value of being part of a pack of wolves rather than the lone wolf Um, there's good and bad to that mentality i'm not going to totally deprecate it because Part of being a man, and, and, and I'm a guy who really believes in, in that there is such a thing as manhood and manliness and all that, 100%, okay? Part of being a man, you see it in nature, uh, the dominant male, let's say, that's leading the, the pack of wolves, as you put it, or, or, or a pride of lions. There's a certain mentality that, yeah, I got to go out there. I got to take care of business. I got to protect my territory. I got to defend the females and the young and, and provide food and whatever. And obviously, that translates to humans as well. But you have to keep in mind, we're social creatures. Like we, we've, you know, whether you believe in evolution or creation or whatever it is, whatever got us to where we are today, okay? Our mind is designed in such a way that we are interdependent. Even males are interdependent. And that doesn't mean that we don't need leaders, but we need a certain level of cohesion and structure. We're not like tigers and bears where they're like solitary all the time and they just come together to mate one time a year, right? There are creatures like that. But the human is not like that. And if you look at primates, they're not like that, right? You look at gorillas and chimps and baboons, they're not like that, or orangutans, right? So 
you know, in order to break that framework, I think part of it has to be being so honest with yourself that you're able to acknowledge your own vulnerability, right? That's a big first step because we all have them. It's not like we're all Superman, right? You acknowledge your vulnerabilities, you acknowledge your mortality, you acknowledge your limitations. You say, look, I'm human. I could get injured if I'm alone, right? If I'm, if I'm the lone wolf and I, and I break a leg, I'm doomed. I can't hunt. But if I'm part of a pack and I get hurt, my buddies can hunt while I recover, right? Does that make sense? And with humans, it's sort of like that, right? We've, we've simplified things in some, in some sense and complicated it in others, like simplified our, our, our retrieving food strategy. We just go to the grocery store and get what we want. So that we've simplified. But other things we've made way more complicated. But men have to learn to be, like you said, find tribes, like tribe members that fit in with your way of thinking and, 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 and be co cohesive with these individuals because they'll help you to grow. They will help you to stand up in difficult times. And, and it's important to have people in your life that you can trust that will be there for you in those, in those difficult times, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you actually brought up a couple of good, really good talking points there. Uh, do you find that uh, being part of a gym is a great, as a great way for men to be part of the, let's say the gym tribe and trying to, uh, cause I'm trying to break that concept, that idea that, you know, with gym heads and stuff like that, because we have this concept that, you know, all these muscular guys in the gym, they're not helpful in this and that, but that's not actually really not true. It's more like a, for me, it looks more of a tribe, a tribe of guys that are in a, like you said, like part of a common, um, ecosystem if you will what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean i think it's a community mindset uh they're not everyone's going to be in in that tribe mindset the same as yours right because what you have in a gym is like any any vocation for example if you any job uh you're going to have a bunch of random people with that common interest and that one common interest is working out but as, as far as characters go you're going to have a huge array of different characters in any given sport like i've had teammates playing baseball for many years and they were all totally different one from the other but within that community you have ample opportunity you have one thing in common that you already know is is working out and so now you have an opportunity to meet somebody uh you know they can be your buddy or whatever that's in that same frame of mind that has similar values or whatever and also has that common interest maybe it turns out to be your workout partner right like I, I actually met one of my best friends in university at the gym, Tate McKenzie Gym at York University. And that was like 25, I'm giving away my age here, but it was a long time ago, right? Uh, and we're still very close friends, but that's where we met at the gym. And, you know, I wasn't, I met other people over the years, but he's, he's, I would say the closest friend that I met at a gym, but it happens, right? Why not, right? You're there, you're working out, why not? You find that like exercise actually helps um, shine a light on stuff like, uh, you know, breaking through like mortality uh, concepts and especially limit self-limitations, self-implied limitations. So this working out break down the ideas of mortality, you're saying? More like um, shining a light to your mortality um, and trying to be able to uh, kind of take a hold of it and kind of extend it i mean it's interesting you should say that because i don't think a man should deny his mortality right like 
I think this is, this is an interesting theory I have about life. Unless you overcome the fear of death, you're not going to be ma- able to make a lot of progress. And that's, that's interesting, right? You don't hear that very often. But I've given that a lot of thought. A lot of the things that hold us back is fear of death, if you really think about it, or fear of something really bad happening to you, like you know, getting hurt or something, like even traveling. Some people are, are terrified of flying because they're like, what if like, the plane crashes? But think of all the opportunities that you're denying yourself by not traveling, just because you're thinking, what could, what could go wrong? And I think that uh, when you train, what you're building is resilience. You're not trying to deny your mortality or avoid your, or extend your, you know, you are trying to extend your longevity, obviously, by being healthier, no question. But part of training is building resilience. And when you're, when you're able to build a tougher body and a more resilient body, you're increasing the odds that the likelihood that you're going to overcome some, some obstacle that comes along, just like fortifying your immune system is a, is a great approach to avoiding disease versus simply locking yourself in your house and, and not going out, right? Like there's two different approaches you could take there, but the, the, the second one makes no sense. It's silly, right? So resilience is, is, is what you want to achieve. Uh, and also, of course, secondary to that would be like aesthetic benefits or whatever, right? Like if a guy wants to look good, obviously. But I think the primary reason outside of performance enhancement, you know, like guys who, who actually are athletes and whatnot, obviously are doing it for their performance. But if we take that aside, the average guy who's not a professional athlete or, or bodybuilder, uh, there's that aesthetic element, no question. But I think the thing that, they, that brings them back to the gym the most is how they feel, right? That they've overcome adversity, right? Like you set a goal, you're like, I'm going to get 10 sets of squats, or let's say, sorry, let's say six sets of, uh, of 10 reps of squats, really, really heavy. Uh, and just being able to do it and pushing through that barrier, clenching your teeth and getting through it. There's that sense of accomplishment. There's that, those endorphins, they get released. Like there's just this feeling of euphoria that you're like, yeah, I did that. And actually that builds your self-confidence over time. If you could do that, you can achieve anything. Yeah. Um, that's a big one actually. Um, because building, I remember when I was uh, experimenting with uh, unregistered drugs. I'm just going to say that online. Okay. I think you and I both know what I'm talking about. Okay. (laughs) I was experimenting for about 15 days and uh, I didn't see the growth. And I was, I went from bench pressing 135 pounds to just over 300 pounds in 15 days. It was a crazy increase. I was it the anabol, if you don't mind me asking. No, it was uh, hemobolin. Okay. It's hemobolin. Okay. I am not endorsing any form of steroid. I just okay. want to be clear. Clear. Uh, when I find my, if I find out my clients do take are on steroids, I fire them right away. Okay. I don't want anything to do with them. Just so people understand, like where I'm coming from. I was curious I mean, about it, and I tried yeah. it. I I don't judge anybody. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, there's there's you know, as far as performance performance enhancing drugs go. I don't think there's anything wrong in and of itself if somebody wants to go down that path, unless there's an actual, you know, they're actually part of a sport or whatever that, that prohibits it. And they're, then now they're violating the, the rules of their game. But if there's just some guy or whatever that has hit a plateau and he can't break it for whatever reason, it's a personal decision. I don't recommend it. I don't think it's healthy long-term. 
I don't think the short-term uh, issues are that significant, but there are long-term issues, mostly cardiovascular, right? Because your, your heart is a muscle, so it can start growing out of control. And, and, and I know people who had that happen where their septum became enlarged, the, the middle part of the heart over time, right? It doesn't happen from one or two cycles, but over time. Uh, that being said, I don't judge anybody. If, that, if they're absolutely, they've done their research, they're absolutely determined to go down that path. Uh, but I, I do say that they should, act, they should do their research and be responsible because of all the things that can go wrong, especially if they're injected, right? Not that I want to go into that uh, too yeah. much, but you know, you could eat, get a nasty infection, for example, uh, if you don't know what you're doing with that, right? Yeah. Well, where I was trying to go with it is uh, people, people don't see the change. And it's not the visual, for me, it's not the visual change that's important for a person, because if you're going to change, if you're going to the gym three to three to six times a week, minimum 60 minutes, your, your body's going to change. But the, the thing that I was trying to get to was, um, do you think it's more important for the person to fix how they feel about themselves so that they can appreciate the change when they see it or when someone points it out to them? hundred percent, they should fix it themselves. Like happiness comes from within, right? You've heard that before. There, there's no person, there's no external factor that can just give it to you. You have to learn to think a certain way. I mean, part of, part of maturation is for anybody, any, any person, male or female, is learning to think in such a way that you're uh, self-sufficient in a sense. You don't have to rely on anybody else because by having by requiring validation, and I don't think that, I don't want to completely dismiss the need for validation, but if you're so dependent on validation, like these people that live on Instagram or Facebook and, and, they, and they, they need 5,000 likes and they're constantly posting and that's their, their euphoria, right? That's how they get their sense of self-worth is from all that validation, but that's silliness. These people don't even know them, right? These, and a lot of the time, these photos are all brushed up and whatnot. Validation should be an internal thing. You know who you are, what you stand for, what you value, what, you know, if you're a person of integrity and you know that for yourself and that's part of your validation. Also having uh, your values in the same, in the right place, right? If your values are very fickle and very superficial, like somebody, you know, a woman, let's say, uh, validates herself on the basis of her breast size. Well, that's a terrible thing on which to base your validation, right? Or, or, or anything that, that can go with time, like even her beauty. I'm not saying, you know, we're men, we love that, you know, we're drawn to women's beauty, but one shouldn't base their self-worth on how they look, because then when they age, that now how are they going to think that they're worthless because they've aged? Like, so, so self-worth should be based on who you are, what you stand for, what's on the inside, which unfortunately doesn't get talked about enough. People are, we live in a society that doesn't even make sense to me. Like the, the things that are given importance and the things that are not given importance in today's society are so messed up, right? It's outrageous, but what can you do, right? You just try to impart wisdom, help people to see the truth for what it is. And hopefully with time, I mean, people start to recognize that, yeah, the media is just out. They're just like reporters, right? Right. They're just kind of like trying to glorify things and, and, and boot, blow things up out of proportion, but they don't really have a good grasp of what really matters. And that is for, unfortunately, we have to figure that out for ourselves a lot of the time. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And um, a big thing that uh, not, we're not going to get, I don't want to get political at all on this show. Just uh, this is about like improving men's mental health through exercise. And 
but it's hard not to because we have been inundated and pushed with so much fear over the past two years that it's um it's become tiresome yes on both sides it's become tiresome and um i'm a big fan of moving into your fear and trying to understand it and trying to see what it does to you so you, you more become friends with your fear friends with what scares you how do you help people overcome their fear that's that's an interesting question because we're all it's a it's a it's a we're all works in progress and and i don't again i wouldn't say that your goal in life should be to completely overcome fear because a healthy level of fear is good for you <laughs> right fear exists to protect you right so you know if you see the edge of a cliff even a lion is not going to walk off because he knows if he does he dies right he has enough you know understanding to, to avoid that situation or you know, three lines attack one line. He, he takes off. He says, I'm outnumbered. The fear serves his, his, his interests. The problem becomes when fear becomes inordinate. It becomes excessive or irrational. Like somebody who's afraid of public speaking. That's a form of irrational fear because what bad thing could come out of that? They're probably thinking they're going to embarrass themselves or something, right? And, and like you said, you don't want to get too far off topic here, but it all ties in when you think about anything that you're trying to achieve, and when you're talking about the mindset of, of men, uh, because it, it doesn't get enough attention. Like, you know, you see a lot of uh, focus being put on different things out there these days, but men's mental health does not seem to be one, of them, right? It's not one of those major focal points that's getting all the, the media coverage. And unfortunately, like you said, a lot of men feel like they got to they gotta get out of it alone. They got to figure it out for themselves. That's why the support groups have to be there. And I think fear often, uh, it, it's tied into not feeling supported or feeling like, hey, you know what, if I mess up, there's no plan B, right? Oftentimes, that's, that's part of, of what's uh, fostering the fear. So having a strong support system, right? Like, let's say, let's say a guy challenged you to a duel and you had a, a big tribe, right? You had 20 guys watching your back, right? There'd be a lot less fear that if you're the only guy, right? You're the only guy and there's 20 guys challenging you now. Now you're like, oh no, right? Like, what am I gonna do, right? So you see what I mean? Like camaraderie, there's strength in numbers, right? There's strength in numbers. So even on a psychological level, if you have a network of individuals that, that, that value your opinion, that value you as an individual, they're your, your buddies and they're gonna back you up when you're in a corner, that alleviates a lot of the fear, right? Does it not? So, so I think that's a starting point, building that network. Uh, and I, you know, again, it's not something that gets talked about a lot, but I think guys have to be more open with their feelings because if they're not right, like you're not, you don't really know a person until you're willing to be transparent and vulnerable with them, right? You're not really going to bond and gel with that individual until you, until you break down those barriers. And so it's important that men need to learn to do that with the other men in their lives that they trust, to let down those barriers, to, to be willing to be transparent and vulnerable. That's how you build the bonds. That's how you build the brotherhood. And then once you have that brotherhood, now everything else falls into place. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I'm kinda, I'm, I kind of fall in the line where it's like, if I see that cliff, 
walk up to it just to see what's on the other side of that cliff. And I'll make a decision then and there whether or not I'm going to jump or not, depending on how high it is and all and all that. But um, I learned that through Sistema, through the martial arts that I took. Okay. And right. it's yeah. they, they, we bring you to your fear and we help you get past it. Do you think that martial arts actually helps um, helps men? This is about men, but even women, people in general. Do you think martial arts helps people um, come to terms with that with that kind of mentality that just it, it's okay to come into your fear? Absolutely. I mean, you've you've probably done practices with real weapons, right? I know Sistema does that. Now that obviously helps, right? Because Some thumb real weapons not a lot like okay but if you if you think about Freud I I took psychology in school a lot and one of his ideas of overcoming fear if you were afraid of snakes he would put you in a room full of snakes that was one of his ways of dealing they wouldn't be poisonous snakes and and maybe you wouldn't start with that like you would start with just one snake right like somebody who's absolutely terrified of snakes you bring a garter snake into the room and you're and you're holding it 10 feet away until they start breathing normally again, right? They're, they're no longer asphyxiated, right? And then in time, you build on that, build on that. But I agree 100%. The idea is to, you're never going to totally extinguish that. If you're in a room with a cobra that you know wants your, you know wants to take you down, like it, it, it would be insane to completely eliminate that fear, right? But you want irrational fear to be under control. And, and, and I agree with you 100%. You want to constantly put yourself in situations, not that are dangerous necessarily, but that are uncomfortable. You want to overcome that, that discomfort that you feel when you're, you're in an unfamiliar situation, for example, or anything that's, that's anxiety provoking, especially if you know in your mind that it shouldn't be, or it shouldn't be to the degree that it is. And a lot of things that hold us back are, are anxiety provoking things, right? So for example, a lot of guys approaching a woman, right? They're just terrified of rejection. They're afraid of what the girl's going to say. So they just don't do it. Well, nothing happens if you don't do anything, right? You guaranteed your failure, so to speak, that you didn't get the girl. Whereas if you approach her, there's that possibility that you get the girl. So rationally, you should approach every girl you like, right? That, That would be the rational conclusion. So what's holding us back, right? From anything we want to achieve in life is irrational anxieties, fears, especially when you have nothing to lose, right? Worst case scenario, girl says, hey, you know, I'm not available. Okay, <laughs> all right, you move on to the, the next prospect. But unless you try, nothing happens, right? And too many guys are out there. I know there's, there's guys out there that are just sleeping in bed all day, doing nothing and uh, just wasting their life, right? And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to point fingers at, at individuals. I know individuals that do that, but that's no way to live. You have to, you have to, that's what I said earlier. You have to sort of have a mindset, a game plan and say, this is what I want to achieve. And writing it down really helps. Put it in a list and actually write it down. I will do this, this, and that by, let's say the end of the month of January and make sure it gets done by the end of that month, because then otherwise you're just like wasting time, right? Make sure that you get those goals in, make sure the goals are realistic, but they should be a little bit complicated, difficult, right? A little bit uncomfortable. If you're just doing easy things, like I'm just going to buy toilet paper 10 times this month, like that's not a challenge, right? You got to go out there. You, you put something down that's like super challenging, right? And you go out and make it happen, right? And that, that helps to build that self-confidence we talked about earlier, right? When you're actually achieving the goals, 
and the self-confidence starts coming, right? Because you're like, yeah, I know. I, I, I put myself in this situation. I had success. If a situation is overwhelming, then tone it down a few notches, right? Because otherwise you're just going to, right? You're going to become very despondent if you're always failing. So make sure the goals are within reach, but that they're difficult to achieve, but achievable. And just keep raising the bar. Once you've achieved those goals, just keep raising the bar. It's interesting. Um, I like I have the mindset that I just approach 100 people. My goal for this year is to approach 100 people. Whether whatever comes out from it, comes out from it. Okay. So that's a goal, right? That's a goal for you, right? From the world's largest introvert, that is the hardest thing for me to do. Okay. And, and I can appreciate that. I, I'm not an introvert personally, uh, but there are always things like that cause. Uh, I mean, we all have anxiety for certain things, some of us more than others. But generally speaking, the more value you put on something, the more anxiety provoking it is. So that value is going to be in one of two directions, either what you stand to gain or what you stand to lose. And that's why people are so scared of things they can get them hurt or killed, right? Because of what they stand to lose. They value their own existence. Or if it's, let's say, a girl they really, really like, that what they stand to gain, they're going to be super nervous on the date because they're like, oh, if I say the wrong thing or whatever, I'm not going to get whatever it is that I, <laughs> I try to get. So, but that's what it ties into, what you stand to lose, what you stand to gain. If it's something that's irrelevant to you, then all of a sudden you're all relaxed because you're like, well, I don't care what happens, right? Who cares, right? So. I guess not taking life so seriously is part of the equation, right? Because people take things so seriously. They're like, everything's like blown out of proportion. They, they catastrophize and they shouldn't do that. Opportunities are plentiful out there, right? So something might not work out. You, you approach something, it might not work out. And you have to have that mindset. Okay, well, there's, there's other opportunities behind that. It's not the end of the world. So don't, take anything that seriously that it should cause that degree of anxiety i know that's easier said than done but that should be your mindset yeah, that is uh it's very easier said than done and this all actually ties in with people's egos um and it's for me personally when i start uh when i look at like social media to do my marketing stuff i i see it blown into my face this person's more healthier this person's more fitter this couple seems happier this couple this this person seems happy and what it really does is it helps push down the ego and make me feel like i'm worthless i'm not saying that it does to me but i'm just saying like some some guys listening to this show or watching the show that's what it makes them feel like What's your, um, I guess, what's your view on the ego when it comes to social media? And how do you think that the social media world has, has, uh, has really molded people's egos? Well, it's interesting you bring up ego because I have a saying that I adhere to, loss of pride, loss of self. And I think that part of maturation is losing your pride and losing yourself. Now, when I say losing yourself, I don't mean yourself as a person. I mean yourself as in selfishness, right? A lot of people have this idea that they're the center of the universe and everything revolves around them. And if some, everything doesn't go their way, you know, and, and, and it's not like that. I mean, we have to have a sense of community. Like we're, we're only as valuable as our contribution to our respective societies. 
if you really think about it. So very useless to society, like a hardened criminal who's just making trouble all the time. His value is he, actually negative, right? If he didn't exist, he would be more valuable, right? Okay. So he's actually got a negative value to society. And of course, there's really good people that are contributing enormously to society. So again, I think it's a misplaced sense of values where you're looking at something on social media that doesn't really mean that much. Like, let's say you're seeing a guy flexing and he has 20 inch pythons or whatever, right? And you're envious of that individual because yours are, are only 15, let's say, okay? But again, why are you basing your self-worth on the size of your biceps, right? Like you have to, I think, I think a lot of men have to take a, a kind of a self-assessment and say, what are my values? Because if your values are out of place, and, and here we are in a fitness program, I, I'm, I'm not advocating that we should all be scrawny, right? Like, but what I'm saying is don't make that your thing that, 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 that basically uh, you're measured by, it, right? That your, 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 your uh, value to society is because of that, right? A person should not be held uh, accountable, uh, let's say for how their nose looks or something. You know what I mean? Like if it's a little bit, angled or something and people because we live in this very very fickle society uh people are, are are assessing one another on these constructs that they've designed that have are very very little meaning right uh but they don't the, the, the individual has nothing to do with that like you are who you are today now let's say something happened to you tomorrow let's say you're in a car accident your head went through the windshield and you were disfigured but you're the same guy character wise right Society would probably, almost certainly, treat you differently. But, but the question is, should they be? Should they be treating you differently? Because a, a factor outside of your control, unfortunately, transpired. But you're still the same guy. If you were a good, caring, uh, I don't know if you're, you're married, have kids or whatever, but let's say you're, you're a good, caring father or husband or whatever, and you're still that guy after that incident, why should society treat you any, any differently? If anything, they should applaud you and say, wow, despite your handicap now you're continuing to be a good father or a good husband and that's what i mean when i say society is really messed up i mean what the hell is this like sorry for <laughs> like why is society so twisted with all their insane ideas and why are people falling for it people are falling for it because most of what's represented on social media i'm not going to say it's meaningless but it's icing on the cake right Beauty, for example, physical beauty, whether it's a, a woman in a bikini or you know, a guy who's got big biceps and, and, and a well-developed chest, whatever, is, is icing on the cake, right? Because the most important thing that you should, a person should be developing is their character. And then all that other stuff is icing on the cake. So why be so focused on the icing, but completely ignore the cake underneath, which is what a lot of people do, right? It's profound, it's profound, but that's what I mean when I say maturation should inevitably take care of these things, right? Like once a person level reaches a certain level of wisdom, a lot of these problems go away because now suddenly you're not envious of what's on social media. Does that make sense? Like it's not that important, it's just nice to have. If I'm 80 years old, I'd be a fool to be looking at pictures of 25 year old guys on social media and saying, oh man, I don't look like this guy. Well, how could I? I'm 80. Schwarzenegger and, and Stallone, they've, they, they've kept in good shape. They were in that Expendables, those Expendables movies, right? But they don't look like they did when they were 25, right? Nor should well, they expect to. Well, I think they've had a little bit of uh, chemical, uh, chemical help with that.
and they probably still use it. Like Hulk Hogan probably still use right? More but I'm saying, too. right? And 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 Jose Cansego, you can tell, right? They're still using it. But they still don't look like or, or couldn't do what they did when they were 25. Otherwise, that guy would still be in Major League Baseball, right? Or Barry Bonds or whatever. But they can't do what they used to. And that's an unfortunate reality of life. You just got to come to terms with as you age. Yeah. Do you think it's it's important for a person to be able to completely remove their ego or still have the ego still um, there? I think the ego should go. Because it's not the same as self-worth or self-confidence. Like, the, you know, humility is a beautiful thing, right? And, and, and ego kind of goes against that. So humility is being able to look at yourself in the grand context of things and saying, okay, I am part of something much bigger versus thinking that you're that thing that's, that's bigger than everything else. Because that's just silly, right? You have everyone thinking like that. Everyone's like slapping each other around and nobody cares about the other person. But when you look at it properly and say, I'm part of something much bigger, but I'm still part of that. I'm still important. Just like your car, if one tire gets pulled off, the whole car is useless, right? You can't drive on three tires. But that tire is also not the whole car, right? It can't operate on its own. It needs the rest of the car to operate. And society and, and us as individuals are exactly the same way. We're part of a, a, a larger network. That's why if you really think about gender, for example, a lot of people are engaged in this crazy gender war, but we depend on the other gender to exist, right? The women need us and we need the women. The human race would go extinct without the interdependence of the genders. And it's it, that, that ego is what drives people apart when what we really should be doing is coming together and working cohesively to get things done, right? Ego is, is a terrible thing. Now, you know, does that mean that you shouldn't have uh, that mindset that, hey, I can achieve whatever I set my mind to? That's a different thing. That's a different thing. You want to have that confidence, but you don't want it in an arrogant kind of mindset where you're like, oh, look at me, look what I can do and, and start looking down on others. Because, you, you know, a, a, good, a good mentality is, is to want others to succeed as well. You know, if you learn something, impart it to the world, get it out there. You know, help other people to overcome a hurdle. Even if it took you a lot of work and effort, don't think, oh, I had to work so hard for this. Why should this guy get it for free? A lot of people think that way. That's terrible, right? If I discover a cure for cancer, I'm going to tell the whole world, even if I spend billions on research, because now I have the power to make the world a better place, right? Why would, why would my, I let my ego say, oh, pay me $20 billion if you want the, the secret, right? Then that that's not good. That's not right. Oh, well, that just that just sounds like uh, uh, showboating. But 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 ego for me is like it's kind of important because it helps solidify the person that you are, and you're proud of that. Yeah, I, I guess I, I mean it's how you define it, right? Like for example, I I define pride in two different ways. So there's the pride, like let's say you're a father and your son. Uh, just graduated university and you're proud of your son that's a good thing that's not a bad thing that's a good thing that means you care about how your son's success versus that pride that drives someone to do terrible things because they want to be the best and they want everyone else to, to be under their feet or whatever so it's how you define i don't think they're the same thing i think we're using one word to de describe two completely different things and that's part of the problem vocabulary right limits us for example, in Greek, you're Greek, you know that love has four words, right? 
is uh let's see philia eros storge and uh and uh agape agape love right so you know when when you break it down it's good right because they're they're different they're different things but but we use only one word to define and uh and so people shouldn't be defined like we have to be very careful when we're defining people how we define them and by what terms we use that are not misconstrued right so a person should not be defined, for example, by a single action. I've always said that. Sometimes people do something good or bad. It's an isolated event, and they're defined by it. If it's a really bad thing, you know, like people will be like, oh, my goodness, this person did this or that. But you don't really know that person on an everyday uh, scale, right? Like what drove them to that, to that event? I'm not condoning it if it was a terrible action they took. But should they be defined by that single incident? Do you see what I'm saying, right? Unless you spend, you know, walk, what's the expression? A mile in someone's shoes. I mean, technically you should be doing a lot more than that. But uh, going back to your ego question, um, there is uh, that part of you that is, is, is driven, that inner fire, let's call it, okay? That you're like, this is what I want to achieve in life. And I'm not going to let anything get in my way. I don't know if I'd call that ego. That's that's just inner drive. That's fire. That's determination and perseverance. That's good. And you want that. Uh, but I, I guess I define ego a little differently. More like you said, the showboater, right? The guy who's like, ha ha, you know? Uh, look what I did, right? I like a guy who hits Porsches a whole and, and the, watches. And, yeah. I got the right. five Porsches and the three Lamborghinis yeah, and that's six terrible. houses. And you're rubbing it in everyone else's face. You're like, look what I got. It's like you're saying, how I got it, but you don't. I mean, that's not right. And people generally don't like people like that. They're like, get this clown out of my way, right? Like, but if you're doing it and you have that inner fire because you want to succeed so you can be a better contributor to society, you can influence more people and impact more lives. If that's your motive, then that's a beautiful thing. What if you use that as a tool? to light to to light the fire under someone's rear then that's good because right? there are some people online that do it so sorry maybe sorry to light the fire so light the fire under someone's rear to get to get their life together because there oh, are so some right. in people a positive way. In, in a, a positive way because there are people online that are trying to do that like dan pena uh grant cardone and people are looking at these guys and they, they're like, these guys have inflated egos. It's like, well, no, they're just trying to show you what is possible. Okay. Like Tony Robbins is, is an example. I think he's a great guy. I, I sense that he's doing it for the right reasons. Like when I hear him talk and stuff like that, there's other guys that you feel like they're just trying to get attention or followers or whatever. Right. Like, those channels where they're giving uh, money to a poor guy and videotaping it or food or whatever, right? You're like, I don't know what's really their motive, right? Uh, but if you're doing it for the right reasons, and, and oftentimes we can't judge, like it's hard to know what's in everybody's heart, right? Some people are really good actors, good or bad. Uh, but if, yeah, if you're doing it for the right reasons, absolutely. If, you're, if your motive is to, is to get someone back on their feet, even if it comes across as cocky, you know, that's a perception. But again, we can't be held account accountable for perceptions, right? There's there's reality and there's perception. In life. Everyone has their version of what they think that is going on, which is a perception. But the truth is often something different. 
And, and I know I'm getting all philosophical on you, but you know, I'm a, I'm a very philosophical person, actually. But hey, I believe keep it going. Our, keep yeah. it going. I love it. Well, our, our pursuit in life should be the pursuit of truth, not the pursuit of perception. Like, unfortunately, a lot of people just go with the, with the, the status quo, right? If this is a commonly held belief, they just jump on the bandwagon. I think that's ridiculous. And I can't, you know, and that happens, you know, again, I don't want to go political or religious, but you know, that happens a lot in different areas where this is the commonly held idea, right? And you're just like, okay, that sounds cool. You know, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. So I'll just kind of go along with that mindset. And that's actually the worst thing you could do. It's good to stand up against a, a, a something that's being broadcast, like let's say Nazi Germany back in the day. And here you have these crazy ideas being being promoted. And that was a time to stand up against it. Was it going to make you popular if you were living in Germany? No, right? They had the Valkyrie or whatever. They went up against the, the popular movement. They got themselves killed, but that was honorable. And I, I believe in honor. I believe as a man that we should be training young men to think more that way and not to just be compliant and, and, and want to conform to society's standards. We're seeing a lot of guys, unfortunately, that are going in the wrong direction. They're becoming very passive. And we don't want passivity. A man should never be passive. That's like the worst thing. We should be like Spartans, right? What happened to the Spartan mindset? I, I, I'm not saying cruel because they, they had bad qualities as well. I'm not totally uh, you know, defending their, their mindset, but there was something about how ancient men were raised that was much more noble than how a lot of them are being raised today. And I'm just coming out and I'm just saying it. I, I really believe that. I don't believe they're being raised to be strong men in today's society you think that's because they're in, like like we're gonna like kind of shift do you think that that's because their inner drive is being snuffled out because there's a lot of guys out there that have great ideas to do so much good to this world to bring so much positivity and and make this world a better place but it just it, to me it feels like that inner drive that they have that fire that some of these uh leaders that are in this world they're just trying to snuffle that out so that they can go with their own um yeah commentary I, I don't think it's just the leaders i think it's uh, a lot of the ideals that have become popular and i, I again i, I want to be careful what i say on the program not to get too too uh political but um there's there's a lot of single families there's a lot of kids guys being raised by their mothers and not their fathers and I don't think it's wrong to say this. I think it's an obvious statement. If a man doesn't have a strong male figure in his life, or I should say a boy, right? When he's a boy, he doesn't have a strong male role model, which would be his father in an ideal situation. It's very hard for a mother uh, to impart uh, those ideals. To teach that. Sorry. Hey, go ahead. I, uh, when you look at the father figure, uh, it's very important and it doesn't get stressed enough. A lot of kids, are, like a lot of young boys are growing up without that male presence in their life. And, and, a, and a mother, as good intention, as well-intentioned as she may be, cannot provide that male role model sort of uh, framework for that child that he would otherwise receive if his parents were together. And so because we're seeing more of this, you know, higher divorce rates and more single families and that sort of thing, I think that's part of the contributor where 
a lot of young men at that critical stage in their life where they would be developing that strong sense of masculinity, it's not developed. And I think you can compare that to, I've heard analogies, for example, of birds trying to get out of an egg. And uh, they did experience, experiments where they would help uh, a young bird by helping to break the egg, to get out of the egg. And then other birds, they just let them struggle. And ironically, the, the, the birds that were helped to get out of the egg did not survive. They didn't develop those survival skills breaking out of the egg. That was part of developing those survival skills. That Those ones that were helped too much didn't develop. And they didn't survive. The ones they had to fight to get out of the egg totally by themselves, they survived. And that's that, again, ties into the survival mindset that we, when we started the show, we were talking about. I think people need to have a survival mindset. I think if you're spoon fed and you're in the cabbage patch your whole life, you know, you got a golden spoon in your mouth. You got a remote control to change the channels like people are too, uh, you know, like they've been too coddled. And when you're too coddled, you don't develop that 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 tenacity. You don't develop that ability to say you're lost in the wilderness and you've got to stay alive for 10 days until you're rescued. You have to have that mindset. And a lot of people are just lacking it. They're, they're, they're soft. They're very soft. You know what I mean? If they don't learn to overcome that, how can they possibly have that sense of self-worth and self-confidence? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um... How do you help men or women find that inner drive for themselves? And how do you help them um, bring it out the light for other people to see? Well, I mean, I, I, I try to work on them. I'm obviously limited in my capacity, but, you know, as a, as a coach, because I consider I'm actually a strength and conditioning coach. And I like to use that title because there's a, an element to that. It's also like a professional athlete working with their coach, developing the mental qualities that are necessary for success. I am very uh, encouraging, right? There's different styles of trainers out there. Some guys are like drill sergeants. They're like, do this, do that, over and over. I, I'm a very encouraging trainer. You know, I, I, I pinpoint what the person is doing well. I focus on that. I reinforce it. Because if you're constantly knocking someone down, especially when they're already not that confident to begin with, nothing is going to come out of it. Right? You're just reinforcing that they're a failure, right? But if you tell them, hey, listen, look look what you did. Look at your numbers. Look at what your numbers were a week, a month ago. Look what they are now. Look at the progress you made. A lot of times, you don't even realize. And I'm like, look how much weight you added to this exercise in just six weeks. And I, I really, you know, sometimes I even do graphs for them. I actually do the, the you know, the, the, the pie graphs and all that stuff to show them what their progress is. Because when they can visually actually experience it, then we kind of drive the point home. And when they're seeing progress, it's, it's reinforcement, right? They're like, wow, I did that. And, and now you're building confidence, right? Confidence comes from success. You can't just make it up. You can't fake confidence. It comes from success, which is why you want to have realistic goals but that, that are challenging enough. They're not super easy that allow you to overcome. But as you overcome them, your success grows. Or sorry, your, your confidence grows, right? So you're constantly going after something that's challenging but achievable. You achieve it, you raise the bar, your confidence grows accordingly. And then your self-worth a lot of time is also tied into what you're able to do in life. Because if you feel more confident as an individual, you're likely going to also have a greater sense of self-worth. Do you think that setting the bar a little bit even further higher might help the 
um, might help the individual push themselves a little bit further? Or do you think it might have the opposite effect? Like I know there's uh, Grant Cardone that says that, you know, he goes by his 10X rule, where it's like, take your goal and add an extra zero at the end of it. Uh, it depends again on the individual. Some guys are able to be pushed to the absolute limit. I, I mean, I've, I've worked with guys where it, it almost seemed like they had no limit. Like they were freaks. I had to tell them to slow down because I thought they were going to kill themselves. And they had an agenda. They, they were just on a, on a, on a tear, right? Uh, and then, of course, you get the undermotivated. I've had certain clients, and this is kind of funny. I, I used to have uh, an option on my website where somebody could buy a gift certificate for someone else. And a, a few times I had a guy's wives buy the gift membership, the gift certificate for their, their husband, let's say on their birthday or something. And these guys had no idea that they'd been enlisted. Right? So here you get a guy who doesn't even want to be there. And you're like, oh, man, how am I going to deal with this? Zero motivation, practically, right? Like just picking up a 10-pound dumbbell, the guy would be like, oh, do I really have to, right? And, yeah, so you get all sorts of characters. So as far as extending the bar, it depends on the guy, you're, the person you're dealing with. Some of them, you could take them to the moon. And other, other, others, you have to kind of hold their hand, you know, like when you're teaching a kid to ride a bicycle and you put the little training wheels on. Uh, but generally speaking, over time, yeah, the idea is progressive resistance, right? And progressive challenges. And you want to raise that bar higher and higher and higher. And throughout life, the bar should always be higher than it was the day before. Well, we are coming up close to the end of the show right now. And these are the seven or eight questions that I ask all my guests. And okay. I'd just like to get your uh, feedback on these seven or eight question, uh, topics. With the increase... Uh, in people suffering from depression, from the uncertainty that we live in, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? Well, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual guy. Again, I don't want to go way off topic here, but uh, I mean, that, that obviously makes a difference for me. I don't think that conditions are going to be worsening forever. Um, but again, that's, you know, everyone has their different beliefs and whatnot. Uh, but that being said, you want to look at the bright side, even from a practical standpoint, and just say, look at history, right? So, for example, there have been pandemics in history that the Black Plague in Europe and the Spanish flu, right, in 1919. And they all had their lifespan. They all lasted however long they lasted, and then they went away. And they had a lot less medical resources back then than they do now. So I, I, I'm sure that COVID will be the same. I mean, there's going to be at that point, whether it's this year or 2023, whatever it is, hopefully in the near future, where it just kind of like phases out. So I, I, I think people, they, they have a tendency to panic when they're going down for a long period of time. Respond. I'm also seeing an increase in a lot of fraud and people doing things that they normally wouldn't because they can't pay their rent and they're trying to, you know, do some dirty stuff to get a little extra money, which is sad. Uh, but again, I think it's just a reflection of the period we're in. You know, the stock market's taking a hit. The NASDAQ was down really low yesterday. I lost a little money there. Um, but again, it's going to rebound, right? Usually when something really bad happens, I mean, I mean, look at Germany now. And look at where Germany was after World War II. And now they're the richest country in the European Union. And their money was like wallpaper in 1945, right? After all the sanctions and everything that were imposed on it. So it could have been easy for them to think our country's ruined. Right. We're, we're done. And, and then they, they went and they recovered very well. So it's going to be the same. And I just tell people, just just have confidence. Give it time. Keep your hope, your head up. 
and uh, and let's write it out. What's the one thing that you do daily that amplifies your ability to stay focused? Set goals and and actually achieve them. <laughs> actually do them, right? If I wake up today and I have five things I want to get done, I make sure it gets done. Nice. Um, if you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? A lot of stuff that we talked about in this conversation, right? I'd be giving a, a big speech. Uh, but basically, you know, a lot of the mistakes that I made since then until now have been huge setbacks. And I would just try to coach the 20-year-old version of myself not to repeat them. So looking back, would you change anything? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's people that I dated that I wouldn't date, <laughs> right? There's... <laughs> You know, I, I mean, there's a lot. Of, are you kidding me, man? Like, if I had to go back, but then again, the person I am today would probably not be the same as 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 I am if I hadn't gone through that adversity. And and suffering does build character, right? And it's a common expression. So sometimes it's tempting to think, oh, I'd redo everything. But at the same time, I'm I'm proud. I'm saying this in the in the positive context of the word proud of the person that I've become. I'm happy with the person that I've become. I, I can look myself in the mirror and say, you know what, this, you know, I, I, I respect myself. I feel I've, I've achieved a lot of things, and I, I feel that I stand for things, you know, that are important, dignity and and and, and integrity and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, tough one. That's a tough question because maybe I, I would be a softer person and in a bad way if I hadn't gone through that adversity. So, you know, that's it. Luckily, we don't have that option. <laughs> I'd probably mess it up. What scares you? What's that? What scares you? Oh, what scares me? Ah, uh, I mean, we all fear the unknown, right? I mean, that's that's a common denominator. I guess death being one of them to an extent. I mean, nobody wants to, even though I talked about overcoming that fear. And But like I said, everything's a work in progress. As I get older, I start thinking about limitations uh, that may come along, and that scares me, right? Because, you know, we take pride as men in what we're physically able to do. Uh, and I sometimes worry that that might not be, you know, what I can do today, I might not be able to do in 10 or 15 or 20 years. So there's there's a little bit of anxiety there. I, I, I try not to focus on it too much because it's outside of my control to a certain degree, right? Uh, but that I would say that's pretty much it. Like, everyday things don't really don't really uh, freak me out that much. You know, I just kind of go with the flow and I try to do what I can. And when I fail, I just get up and try again and, and amend my approach to, to try to be better at it the next time. Very good. Uh, where do you see Health Fitness Toronto in the next five years? I'm hoping, I mean, like I said, since 2008, I started the company. So it's already been 14 years, uh, but there's been growth. Despite the pandemic, there's been a little bit of stuff going on in the background and I, I updated my website actually earlier, or I should say middle of last year, around July, August of 2021. So I've made a few changes uh, and I intend to hire more staff once things kind of pick up a little bit, but hopefully it grows. And, uh, you know, ideally it'll be like uh, uh, LA Fitness or something, or, 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 you know, like something big like that, uh, or Good Life. That would be cool. I know it's, it's really overextending, but, you know, that, that's like everybody's dream, right? Our fitness, uh, fitness thing. That thing, um, uh, shoot for the moon, but aim for the stars. Exactly. Don't don't aim too low. You'll always 
get 80 to 85 percent of what you aim for right so yeah. if you aim for the stars you might get the moon if you yeah. aim for the moon for sure you won't get the moon. <laughs> uh what about you personally where do you see yourself in the next five years i love traveling i really miss traveling i haven't done much of it since uh this whole thing this whole fiasco uh kind of went went off but hopefully i can pick that up again and uh and i i want to there's a lot of continents i have not been to i have been to europe a lot i love europe uh i have actually not been to south america i have a buddy i made in one of my trips who lives in brazil so i want to go to brazil i need to go to new zealand uh every even the pandemic they've handled it very well i'm impressed with that and they have a very attractive female prime minister <laughs> i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but I think it's a very beautiful country, and uh, I would love to go there. I mean, it's it's, it's supposedly a country that has every uh, every type of uh, ecosystem that exists is on New Zealand, and they don't have any poisonous animals, which is weird. Like Australia has, you know, all these poisonous snakes and all these critters, and apparently New Zealand does not. So, would love to visit New Zealand. I miss traveling too. I really do. <laughs> really miss it uh it'll be, back. it'll be back it'll be back sooner than later uh where can people find more about you where can they find more about you yeah. about me yeah. uh call me you know my number's on my website i mean i'm happy to, to talk to anybody I, I have my profile on linkedin uh and i have uh my my uh instagram as well and uh, i guess you'll be sharing that with everybody but yeah like as far as from a fitness perspective, I encourage everybody, I give a free assessments, and that's part of my mandate, uh, free physical assessment, or sorry, I should say the, the, the verbal part, the oral part of the assessment that's done over the internet. So it can be pretty intense, right? There's a lot of things that I can give you some good advice on, and, and it'll give you an idea, kind of break the ice of whether or not we pick a good match for one another. And yeah, any questions anybody has, uh, don't be shy. Give me, a, give me a shout. I'm happy to answer them, and hopefully uh, we end up in a client relationship with you and yes i will be posting all your links uh with the show notes and everybody so everybody can have access to your uh, website and your instagram account and to you directly personally any final thoughts oh wow we covered a lot today i think this was awesome actually you had a lot of good leading questions and you kind of covered pretty much a lot of life philosophies but to the guys out there watching the show, I'm guessing, you know, the, the theme is, of course, increasing their, their confidence and building up their self-esteem and that sort of thing. Uh, don't get discouraged. You know, I'm saying that to, to the audience. Like, there's going to be down days. I know with mental illness, it can be very challenging because it's not necessarily logical. It doesn't necessarily follow a logical sequence. Uh, if you're feeling terrible, you might have no reason to feel terrible. It's just maybe it's a chemical uh, thing or whatever that's going on. But just uh, good diet, uh, good diet, uh, rest, exercise. There's many things that can definitely help. Vitamin supplements. Oftentimes, it's a deficiency that can be triggering it. Uh, I find magnesium has been uh, very good for me. And there's, I encourage people to research the benefits of magnesium. It's cheap, or I should say inexpensive. But there's so many, it's a catalyst to so many chemical reactions in the body and in the brain. Uh, many, many times, uh, depression and anxiety and all those things are actually the result of insufficiency in magnesium levels a lot of people don't know that um but i encourage people like research do your research don't get don't get down you know events will happen that are very uh disturbing or very uh 
you know, they can really like wear you down and whatnot. But just recognize that tomorrow's a fresh start. You know, you get a chance, something happens, let's say your car breaks down or girl runs away or whatever it is, right? Things happen in life. But just keep rolling with the punches and, and eventually more opportunities will come along and you'll probably end up in a better situation. Amazing. Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, this has been an amazing episode. I really loved it. Um, I know there's a lot of guys out there that's going to be listening. This could be getting a lot of, uh, a lot of useful information to help better themselves. So thank you so much uh, for coming on. Thank you so much for what you do. Um, I really appreciate it. Appreciate your, your gratitude. Thank you. <laughs> going through hard times is just a test what you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through you will be stronger than ever before and you don't need to go through it alone always know that you are not alone stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours until then to everyone listening i wish you a good morning good afternoon or good night wherever you may be in this crazy world Guys, it's John uh, from the Fitness Oracle and Resilient Reboot Productions. Um, thank you so much for watching this episode. Uh, I really, really hope that you enjoyed it. Take it from the top from here. One, three, two, one, go. Thank you so much. No, no, no. Starting in three, two, one, now. Hey guys, it's John from Resilient Reboot Productions and the Fitness Oracle. Uh, thank you so much for watching this episode. I uh, really hope that you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell. And if you know anybody that's suffering from mental health issues, that you know that this episode could help, please share it with them as it is tailored to help people out there with mental health issues. Uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, or whatever streaming service that you use, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review as it will help us reach out to more people that are suffering from mental health issues. But before you go, I'd like to invite you to a special program that we've created here at Resilient Reboot Productions uh, called Band of Brothers. Over the years, we've discovered a system to help men regain their confidence back, just like overweight and depressed men that have lost their place in this world from all over this world. We've even put together, we've put together a group of men that are here to support your journey, showing you how easy it really is by implementing simple everyday actions that take little to no time out of your day. If you guys are interested, just click the link in the show notes below 
to get a one-on-one -on -one call with me so we can identify your issue and how we can best serve you best with these calls. Thank you so much again for watching and I'll see you guys on the next episode.